0: Hi everyone, welcome to Food Talk. Producer Stephen Ray Morris here to introduce today's conversation with Hollywood producer Jacob Pechenik. Him, along with his wife, actress Zoe Deschanel, started the Farm Project and Let Us Grow to bring people closer to farms and place hydroponic farms in backyards across the country. It's a great conversation. Please enjoy the show.
1: Welcome to Food Talk. Today I'm really excited and kind of a nervous stomach (laughs) butterflies kind of way to talk to Jacob Pachenik, the co-founder of the Farm Project and the company Let Us Grow. He founded both of these entities with his wife Zoe Deschanel. Jacob, I feel like we've been talking about this podcast ever since I first met you in Austin at South by Southwest, so I'm glad we're able to make this work. It's really such a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you.
0: Thank you. It's an honor to be on it.
1: Um, So I I start every podcast with the same first question, and that's, what is your favorite food memory?
0: My favorite memories are probably like the the funniest ones. Um, I grew up in uh, San Antonio, Texas in the 70s. Uh, My mom is European, has a really strong accent, Uh and uh, she um, always... Made sort of like exotic, homemade, very colorful meals. Uh I didn't know how good I had it uh, back then. (laughs) And every once in a while we would get a treat and that would probably be from like the frozen section of the grocery store. (laughs) And uh, I remember there were these um, like little sausages, I think they were called uh, little (laughs) sizzlers that I had one morning for breakfast. And it was the first and last time I had that. Um, <laughs> because I was at daycare and they asked all the kids what, what we had for breakfast and when my mom came to uh pick me up, there was like three or four women standing around and said, you know, we know you're from a foreign, you know, place and we know you, you eat different types of food, but you really can't be feeding your kids lizards for breakfast. <laughs> That's awesome. I had a little bit of a lift, you know, back then. So. Uh, oh, no.
1: I don't feel bad for those women, though. They were kind of mean.
0: Yeah, no, they were, yeah. Oh, that's Nowadays, great. you can't you couldn't say anything about that. Well, I thankfully,
1: think. right? Yeah. Oh, man, that's great. Thank <laughs> you. I have sort of a similar, you know, whenever my dad would go out of town, my sister and I uh you know would be alone with my mom and we we'd get to eat like frozen pizza and we just thought that was the greatest thing because my mom like yours cooked all these great home you know cooked meals from scratch and i didn't really realize how unusual that was until i went to friends houses so it seems like we sort of grew up in a similar way um yeah I want to ask you, you know, you've had this amazing career in Hollywood uh, producing films and I, I want you to talk a little bit about the trajectory of, of doing that and then being such a, a great advocate for food and agriculture issues. What was, what was that sort of evolution like from, you know, and I know you still do a lot of Hollywood work, but, you know, really focusing on on the food system.
0: Sure. Yeah, I actually don't do any Hollywood work anymore. Oh, that's great. And I would say it wasn't even an evolution. It was like an abrupt change. Wow. Um, it all started when Zoe got pregnant. And, uh, you know, just some, like, alarms went off. And I was like, what are you eating? You know, I wanted to have the healthiest group possible. And was very curious about, you know, what was on the label of these various things, Um we were eating and and I realized like generally we just didn't have as a people didn't have much awareness Mm -hmm. of what was in the food that we're eating sure and so then I shifted to you know just sort of looking at food as nature intended it just like plain old vegetables Uh and realize like how expensive they are and how out of reach they you know, for us we could go to the farmers market or go to the organic section of the grocery store, but really for most of the people they can't really afford that. Right. And uh that just uh you know, just got me thinking about the world as my daughter would inherit it. Yeah. And uh that something needed to be done. It was almost like something you can't unsee. And uh then I just started You know, working, looking at what, you know, various solutions Mm -hmm. would Mm -hmm. be. Go ahead. (laughs) Yeah, no, I was just going to say that, that you know, that led me, that whole process led me to start a farm. Mm -hmm. um, Because I thought, like, how can we, you know, how can we make this, like, wholesome, you know, vegetables more accessible to people? And um, through that whole experience, I learned, you know, it's not just about creating a great product. It's, a, it's all about getting it to market.
1: Right. No, and I feel like, you know, I've had friends who, when they got pregnant, they had similar sort of um, revelations about what they were eating. What I think is impressive about you and Zoe is that you've, you've taken that you know, sort of beyond yourselves and you're you know, celebrities who really you know, walk the talk. You're not just doing this for one another you're, and your kids, you're doing it for, for the world. And so I wanna talk about how that might be really unusual in the place you live in LA. Like you know, you're, you're surrounded by people who are wealthy, but they're not walking the talk in the same way. Is that difficult to be around?
0: Uh, not really. I mean, I think every person that I meet, I try to you know talk to them a little bit about what we're doing, and uh, just make that accessible um, to them, and really try to open other people's eyes to the same issues you know that we see. And I I think it's all about engaging more and more consumers. And mm-hmm. I just see everyone as a consumer. And if consumers start to ask questions about where their food comes from, all of a sudden our food's going to change and it's going to be better for us. Yeah. Um, so I just see everyone, as, I just see it all as opportunity.
1: That's great. Um, and, and you know, it's not like you've given up your, your skill set of, of being a filmmaker. One of the things that you do with the Farm Project in this video series called Your Food's Roots is help explain where food's... You know, different kinds of food come from um and and you talked about you know how you try to educate every every person you meet. What do you think is the the biggest challenge to overcome when you talk to people about where their food comes from? or do you feel like most people have an understanding or is it you know really just <clears throat> starting from the beginning?
0: I think it's you know making it fun. Um, and accessible and not making it doom and gloom. Right. You know, I think it people need to feel positive about what they're doing and we like to give people choices, you know, here's A or here's B and here's, you know, the different ramifications of those choices that you actually have the power and it's not that the whole world's collapsing around you. Right. You know, there's, there's cause and effect and if you make these choices, here's, you know, here's the impact and doing it in a sort of fun and entertaining way you know we have we have very like bite-sized attention spans, and so we need to deliver a really important message but in a in a bite-sized sort of fun and entertaining way and that's really what the focus is the
1: focus is. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's so important. That's one of the things that I learned sort of midway through my career right before we started Food Tank is that fear doesn't motivate people. And, you know, telling them how bad things are doesn't really get them going. It, it doesn't make them change. And it's it's more about inspiring people. Um, mm-hmm. and, and with... I, I want you to talk about you know, the farm and how it's a source of inspiration and what it's led to. So you launched Let Us Grow, which is this company. And, and I want you to sort of walk us through the process of what, what this subscription service does and, and how you, you really hope to create better access and affordability to those, those foods that you mentioned, you know, like fruits and vegetables are so expensive for a lot of people. How does this help people get better access to these foods?
0: Sure. Yeah, so I think we directly address, you know, not only the access, but also awareness. Mm -hmm. And so we do it by making it super fun and easy for the most inexperienced person to grow their own food at home. And we do it sort of like within the constraints of our busy modern lives, right? No time, no space. No knowledge, you know, no friends that are going to come over, right. you know, build a garden for you. So there's three components um, to let us grow. The first is, I think it's a beautiful uh, hydroponic growing system. We call it the farm stand. It's um, actually made out of ocean bound plastic. Nice. It's self watering, it's self fertilizing. Um, there's no soil. All you have to do is add water, plug it in, and it runs on electricity of a light bulb, um, and it's on a two-by-two, two-feet-by-two-feet uh, two space, it grows the equivalent of 45 square feet of raised beds, and um, on nine, using 95% less water. Um, the second part is the seedlings. We grow these, we have a network of uh, urban farms,
1: uh-huh. and
0: in the farms, we grow uh, these delicious little you know seedlings for two to three weeks, and then we send them to our growers, to our customers. So you simply just tell us uh, your zip code and what you like to eat, and we know exactly the right variety to send you and when nice. to send it to you. And um, we grow like two hundred different varieties of of food. Um, we've got like, all the herbs that you can imagine. Right now, it's like six different types of basil. Um, and uh, it's great for herbs because they stay living the whole yeah. time until you eat them. And then, um, you know, on the leafy greens, we've got like Six different lettuces, I think three arugulas. Like we have this wasabi arugula, which is my favorite, it really tastes spicy. like spicy wasabi. <laughs> yeah. Um, we do spinach really well, which is hard to do organically. Mm-hmm. You know, kale, bok choy, things like that. And then on the veggie side, which is really exciting, you know, we've got multiple types of tomatoes we're growing now cucumbers, eggplant, like Japanese eggplant, squash, broccoli um like green beans, snap peas we're even growing uh watermelon nice and it just amazes me every time i see a watermelon like that sort of like five pounds can grow out of almost seems like thin air yeah um and then the third part is like we've got like a farmer support desk or grower support desk so we'll tell you every week we'll remind you to add water And tell you exactly how many, how much nutrients to add because Um. we know what you're growing. And then you can also take a picture of any plant. If you don't know what it is, we've got an app that's kind of, it's like Shazam for plants. (laughs) It'll tell you what it is and it'll um, give you some nutritional facts and some recipes to make it taste really good for your kids because that's really, it's it's not just about growing. It's about, you know, eating the food. And then if you see a bug or you see a yellow spot or something on the plant, you can send that in and it will tell you exactly, um, what's wrong. So all in all, it's like the idea is to make it foolproof. Um, but also give, you know, people, you know, give people access to tasty nutritious food that have no chemicals on them and um, do it in a reliable way so that, uh, you know, you start to change your eating pattern mm-hmm, mm-hmm. where you know there's always something fresh to eat, you start to make an extra meal at home a week. You know, you start Excellent. to do more and more and it leads to a healthier lifestyle. And then there's just like the fun, the experience of it, which I'd say is priceless, especially doing it with my kids. Right. You know, they love it, it's very educational. You can see the roots easily. Um, and the plants grow so fast so there's no boredom you know the next day they're bigger and uh, so that's really fun
1: no it's super entertaining for sure there are a couple of things you said that I want to dive into and and the first is this the Seedly Network you've created which is kind of phenomenal I don't think a lot of people understand how much consolidation there's been sort of in the seed industry you not just in the United States but across the world but can you sort of dig a little deeper into these the farmers that you're you're working with who are growing the the seedlings and um, you know using their own seeds and and are able to do this in a really um, sort of uh, okay. democratized way to, to help spread these different kinds of, of, of foods to, to the consumers that you're dealing with?
0: Sure. Well, right now, the, all of these farms are operated by us, and we've, we've started that way just to get the right uh-huh. sort of standards and growing protocols so that we have really a uniform product and that we know that it's going to thrive. And we've got, um, you know, a farm in, um, Santa Barbara. We've got one in Austin. We're actually building one, uh, which this is really, for me, it's exciting is, uh, I didn't mention, but for every 10, uh, farm stands we sell, we give one to a school or an underserved right. community. And so we are. Um, giving a bunch to the LA mission, which is the largest homeless shelter in LA and one of the largest in the country. And so we're growing, building a seedling farm on their roof and half of the seedlings, um, will be, uh, for their, for their consumption. And then the other half will be, uh, for, for, um, our customers in LA. And so we like to replicate this model. Um, in other cities where we have a lot of users, and you know, train farmers right to, to grow them according um, to our standards.
1: Yeah, I really like that you're. You know, you're working with the LA Mission. That's a real opportunity, not just for them to use those the. The, the food that's being grown in in the farm stands, but also to train people how to do what you're doing. And I think that's kind of the sort of regenerative model of it. It's it's making, it's passing on, you know, really critical skills.
0: Definitely. Definitely. And I think there's, there's sort of behind the scenes of what we're doing is really cool. You know, the it, When you look at it, it's it's all about this like very user-friendly consumer product, right? It's got to taste good. It's going to be easy to use and affordable. But behind the scenes, we're really changing the way that food is grown and delivered. Mm -hmm. By just growing seedlings for two to three weeks, we can grow a 100 times more plants per square foot for the same amount of time. And by doing that, that means we're taking real estate out of the equation and we can start to bring farms back into our urban areas. And then instead of sending like a mature piece of produce, 1500 miles in our supply chain in refrigerated trucks, we're sending a little baby seedling. That's a 20th of the size, right? Maybe five or 10 miles. In a little box And so we're taking 95% of the emission mm-hmm. The transportation emission Out of the equation as well And then that You know Produce that's Being sent 1500 miles Half of it goes bad
1: Or does it There's taste all that, good all yeah. That waste.
0: Oh yeah It doesn't taste good it's like Nutritionally depleted And um, so we're sending A living plant That you, you You know We've grown half its life And you grow the other half And it t- it's living until you, until you eat it. So it's like virtually eliminating waste there. So
1: yeah, it, it is pretty cool. And for I don't know how many folks, are, you know, can envision the, these these farm stands. But they can you describe how tall they are, and, and maybe how much you know how the food grows on sort of different tiers of it?
0: Yeah. So we built it to be sort of modular. So it's easy to extend it. We have a base. Um, it almost looks like, uh, I don't know, like a lava lamp or <laughs> right. like an Aladdin kind of thing. <laughs> nice. So there's a, there's a base and, um, and then you put different levels. And so each level has six growing ports. So our smallest one we call the teeny has got two levels or 12 ports. And then the tallest one is the large, and that would have six levels and 36 ports. Nice. And the tall one, I think, is about is five ten, and uh, each level, I think, is about eight inches high. So as you as you subtract levels, you would subtract about uh, eight inches. Um, and so you the what the tank holds 20 and a half gallons. The tank generally will last about three weeks, but in Texas in the summers, it lasts about a week. So we like to recommend everyone to top off their tank once a week. Uh And, uh, there's a timer that they're connected to and it's like every 15 to 30 minutes, the pump turns on that's in the tank. It pumps water to the top and it rains down inside the, inside the farm stand. It delivers just the right amount of water and nutrients to the roots of the plants, and it makes a really beautiful sound.
1: Nice. <laughs> yeah, like a rainforest.
0: Exactly. Um,
1: and for people who are having trouble envisioning that great description, you can go to LettuceGrow, L-E-T-T-U-C-E, grow, L-E-T-T-U-C-E Com to get an idea of what they look like and more information about how they work and, and how to get one uh, for your own for your own family, um, one of the other things that you, that you mentioned when you were describing the three components of, of the farm stands is this farmer support desk. And, you know, this is, I think, something really critical, especially for people who've never grown food before or have never grown it in this way. Um, they, you know, you said that they can take photos of, of maybe problems that they're having with the plants or, um, you know, call in or, or write in. That's, I, I, I just need to, for folks to understand that that's something that's kind of been lost in American agriculture, this idea of, of being able to call on experts. Uh, agricultural extension in the United States used to be sort of fundamental to how people grew food and, and extension services have sort of declined along with, you know, uh, cuts to USDA and and, and research. So having this ability to call into experts is really exciting. Can you talk a little bit more about what people are asking, you know, the farm support desk and, and, you know, why you decided to include that in this, this sort of suite of, of, um, you know, offerings as part of the farm stand.
0: Sure. Well, no, I agree. Like community is such a key part of this, you know, a hundred years ago. You know, we all, so, you know, I think 70% of Americans were growing their own food right. or some portion of it. And you might grow one thing and your neighbor might grow another thing, right? And then you might share, right. and you'd share information. You know, even when I started a farm, you know, in Texas, like five years ago, we didn't know what to grow, on what the ground was good mm-hmm. for. And there was really no place to turn. We had to call, you know, an older farmer, you know, down the road. They, you know, what do you grow? And so in, information has really been lost. You know, now it's less than 2% of the population is involved. And maybe it's less than one in agriculture. And so we want to recapture that information and find a way to get it, to get it back out. Um, in terms of like with the farm stand, we try to make it as foolproof as possible. So it's, there's not that many you know issues that come up but the ones that do are important to the you know are important to the people right who are bringing them up and it's a lot of it's around like you know will my plants grow in las vegas or how right. do you deal with with uh, birds um uh what is you know what is this mark you know on the leaves um you know things like that we are it might be sort of premature to Announce it, but um, what I what we are planning on doing is opening up that service to anybody oh, who is wow. growing a plant, whether it's in our system or not. Because our mission truly is to help everyone grow mm-hmm. a portion of their own food, and um, you know, and and I think that we uh, you know we can definitely do that, and and we will do that, and and by you know having the right combination of uh of the it, it's let me i'll go back to that like what i try to do is take the technology out of the food yeah and have technology around food nice so coming up with a different system architecture right of how you know i went back to our seedling farms like we know when to plant which varieties for what zip codes uh-huh so people don't need to relearn all of that. Right. We can do that and just send it to you, and then you can just um, plant them. Thinking about how the seedling farms can move into into cities, and thinking about just how we redistribute information, mm-hmm. and by just looking at things in a different systems level, we can get you know a hundred times more efficiency versus using you know chemicals you get, like, little, you know, 5% efficiency mm-hmm. improvements, but you have a ton of cost that comes with that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I love that this is so minimal. You take the guesswork out of it in a lot of ways. And, I mean, I, fundamental to me is that you're empowering people to not only grow their own food, but to understand, you know, why growing your own food is important, how much better it can taste, how, you know... um Uh, easy it is how much more accessible it is Uh, you know and and I'm I'm pleased that you also you know sort of do that end-user kind of thing by providing recipes because I think so many of us who work in food and agriculture we're so concerned about production that we forget at the end of this people have to eat it and it has to taste really good or they won't eat it and that defeats you know the purpose of growing the food in the first place so do you have a favorite recipe or, or, you know, a uh, uh, vegetable that you're growing that you just can't get enough of? You mentioned um, the uh, wasabi uh, green before. But wasabi is, arugula. You're right. Yeah. Is, is there another vegetable that you're really excited about that's coming up or uh, a recipe you want to share?
0: You know, when the food is fresh, it all tastes good, even things you wouldn't think. You you know you'd like like even pulling off a piece of romaine lettuce, it's right. Great, you know it's, it's I, I like having you know lots of variety on the plate and tasting the differences, and it's just mm-hmm. interesting that you can get such a flavor profile from one growing ecosystem, right? Each of these plants have different expressions, and yes. <laughs> a question I'll often get like around the wasabi arugula, which is. Did you genetically engineer this? Oh,
1: God.
0: You know, did you, how did you mix wasabi and arugula? <laughs> and it's the wonder of nature. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I saw that I think 95% of our diet now consists of 13 different things. You know, and three of them are, you know, animals and the other 10 plants. But there's, you know, I, I was in Peru like a month ago and saw like the Incas domesticated like 800 different varieties right. of vegetables and so there's just like enormous variety out there um, and we just you know our current system you know really focuses and prioritizes things that are that are self-stabilized mm-hmm. that transport well that fit in the right you know the right shape for the right container and um, we really just try to expand the varieties that's why we support 200 you know we're growing 200 different varieties that you see some taste sort of the nuance and the differences of all these plants and that's probably what my favorite thing is I can't really pick up sure you know, pick a particular favorite it's like picking your
1: area. favorite kid I get it um yeah I still say
0: wasabi arugula <laughs> okay. it's just so powerful yeah
1: um and it it goes back to that wonder of nature that you've you've mentioned a, a few times throughout this conversation that you know, sort of diversity is key in these systems, and especially in agriculture. so it's it's great too, to empower people to to sort of bring that back to their lives and and, you know, the fun of it. do you, Do you think that there's sort of um, uh a a general let us grow consumer you know would you describe them as a family or single people or or does it really vary
0: if you eat food then it's you (laughs) you know and i think that's why i think people see this at first they're like wow that's cool but that's for my friend you know danielle Right right who who is a grower already mm-hmm. and we've we designed this. No, if you eat food and you care about what you eat and you care about the planet, this is for you. That's and uh, you know yeah. we've taken all that other stuff out of it. That's awesome.
1: I also have to say, and obviously I'm biased. I think this is a great project. I'm not even pretending that I don't like it. But I think this subscription model is, is so fascinating because we see so many other subscription models that I'm not that intrigued by, you know, the, the meal kits and I, you know, we've we've talked to a lot of um, companies who are doing these meal kits, and I see the advantages, you know, for people who you know aren't used to cooking, etc. But there's so much waste, and I have you know different um, issues with them. But this is so it makes so much sense to provide people with the plants, and then you know provide them with the information and to give them all of the support. So I I just think it's fascinating that you've you've you know you you thought about this in a way that it keeps the the eaters, the consumers engaged and, and constantly learning and constantly trying new flavors because it is a subscription.
0: Well, thank you. Yeah. I mean, we've actually, you know, we've changed the subscription model recently because I think people, there's a lot of virtues of the subscription, but people were thinking, Oh, I'm locked into this Mm. commitment. And so, essentially, you get all the benefits of it, but it's all, all a la carte now. But so we will recommend, you know, you'd fill out a flavor, a taste profile, and you tell us again where you live. We'd tell you for the next 12 months all the things that you can grow month by month. Mm-hmm. And then we would recommend those plants, right, to, to send on a certain frequency. But then you could say, yes, I want them, no, I don't, or make any edits or any changes. Uh, but the whole system is geared towards predictability and reliability. Yeah. So, you know, you will always have something to eat and it's going to taste good and it's going to you know, grow well where you're at. Because, again, it's all about changing our eating habits. And when you have fresh food there, it's so much easier to make a tasty meal.
1: Well, and it sounds like you're taking a lot of that customer feedback and really making changes. I mean, you, you, th- this is not a company that's been around for, for many years yet, so you're able to sort of make these changes as you go. And that's, I, I think, you know, kind of a, another benefit to it because you're responding so quickly.
0: Definitely. For us, you know, it goes back to the consumer. For us to make an impact, it has to be really consumer friendly and people have to get it, you know, from the get-go. So we're always, you know, making tweaks and turning dials and, you know, trying to have it in the most convenient package possible.
1: Nice. Um, before we go to our last uh, questions, I want you to give out the URL to let us grow again. So sure, people can find W-W-
0: you. Yeah. So it's www.lettusgrow.com and lettuce is spelled like ahead of lettuce, L E T T U C E, and grow.com.
1: Awesome. And if folks want more information about the farm project, they can go to the farmproject.com as well. Um, so, uh, I, uh, I always end the podcast with sort of this rapid fire set of questions. And so I, I just want you to say the first thing that pops into your head and, you know, don't think about it too long. Um, sound good?
0: Sure. Okay. The
1: first is your favorite book.
0: Um... So uh, I've becoming uh, I've become an avid reader. I'm doing like three books a night now, and I nice. have to say, it's dra- dragons love tacos. Great, <laughs> that's <laughs> they, awesome. <laughs> they love like big gigantic tacos. They love like tiny tacos. Um, but uh, as much as they love tacos, they hate spicy salsa even more. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you that's- gotta. For anyone who's got kids, they probably know that book. And then there's a Dragon's Love Tacos 2, version 2, where they go back in time in a time machine and everything. And it's it's unbelievable. But my my kids love it, and therefore I love it.
1: That's awesome. It sounds like you're a good dad. You're super engaged. Um, So maybe I already know the answer to the second question. Who inspires you the most?
0: Yeah, I think you do know it's uh, my kids I mean there's there's something about the way they see the world and the magic they see in everyday things that's awesome. I you know try to put myself back in that place and growing is you know one way that I do that so.
1: that's awesome and then the final question is what do you think about when you're not thinking about food and let us grow and the farm project and all the other cool projects you're doing
0: that's a good question. Um, I try to just unplug as much as possible, which is, which is so hard to do, you know, but it's really being in nature and just sort of soaking in nature and nice. not think about anything.
1: That's awesome. That's something we should all do more of. Jacob, it's been so fun to talk to you. You're a pleasure. I'm really excited about Let Us Grow and hope people will check it out. Um, Thanks again. I'm so glad you could join us.
0: Thank you so much. I really appreciate it.
1: Thanks for listening today. A shout out to our producer, Stephen Ray Morris, who makes this podcast possible. And please subscribe and rate this podcast wherever you listen. It would really mean the world to me. You can check out Food Tank at foodtank.com, email me at danielle at foodtank.com, and follow me on Twitter at Danny Nirenberg and on Insta at Food Tank. Thanks again. See you next time for Food Talk.
0: Thank you again for listening. Join us to see the podcast recorded live at the upcoming Food Talk event in a city near you by visiting foodtank.com events. Tickets are always free for Food Tank members. So join now and we'll see you there.